Welcome to the 100 Huntley Street Podcast. I am your host today, Laura Watson. I am so thankful that you are with us today, that you are going to be journeying with us and spending some time together. And I'm really excited about my guests today, Kathy Lee Gifford and Rabbi Jason Sobel. They've written this book called The God of the Way. And this book is all about looking at the person of Jesus um, and who he was and and what came about through his life and ministry, um, but from a Hebrew and a Jewish perspective. So Jewish culture, Jewish scholarship, it is so interesting. And let me tell you that this, this book strikes close to home for me because, you know, sometimes I do share this, um, but I don't always share it, even though I just, you know, this just isn't always time, <laughs> but it's a wonderful part of the story of my life. Um, when I was about seven years old, my mom met a man and he was a Jewish man. He was a very eccentric and fun businessman in the area of Toronto, Ontario. And um, later on, they began to date and eventually he became my stepfather. Now, when I was 17, he had a physical miracle, which was such a physical transformation and sensation for him that he came to faith in Jesus. And it was connected to two people who believed in Jesus saying to him, you know, if you follow Jesus and if you choose him right now, we're going to pray for a miracle with you. And he had this physical miracle. And I know that we don't always um, guarantee that God's going to move in a miraculous way. I can only assume that they really heard from God that they needed to make that statement to my stepdad. Now, his name was Harold and uh, his nickname was Zolt, which is Yiddish for salty. <laughs> and that really reflects... Um, some of the grit he had, but it was actually beautiful grit. So a very strong, uh, creative, bright person. He did pass away not too long ago. And so he is with the Lord. And, you know, I'm confident of that. I'm so confident of heaven. And I always take hope in that. But, um, you know, it was interesting growing up with my stepdad because we would go to... Um, you know, celebrations connected to Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah. We would go to bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs. So I was very exposed to the Jewish culture. And I was often, you know, I would be sitting at a table with someone who would actually have numbers on their arm who had survived the Holocaust. This was something um, because some of our close friends that their parents had. And so, you know, it was really interesting to be around these older people. Many of them were in their 80s. And I mean, this is going back 20 years but to be around them and just to know what they had survived through, and it really would strike me a lot. Um, my stepdad, actually, his mo his grandmother passed in the Holocaust in Auschwitz. And so this this is all, you know, it's, it's a huge part of my history is, is having this connection to the Jewish faith and Jewish culture. Now, when I was 17, I also became a follower of Jesus and... Um, when I went to Bible college at about 20, I started to notice that a lot of my peers studying the Bible didn't understand the Jewishness of Jesus. Like, I mean, significantly. Um, now, this is going back 20 years. I think that there has been a lot more progression in academic settings about Jesus and, you know, his his Jewish roots. Anyhow, I would notice this and I'd be like, well, Jesus, you know, like was Jewish. He's not blonde haired and blue eyed. This is a Western view of Jesus. Um, his early followers were Jewish, Jewish. He was speaking into the Jewish religion, Jewish context, Jewish culture. And, you know, I wasn't such a great scholar myself in Hebrew, so I couldn't unpack this for all of my friends, but um, I was aware of it. And 
you know, I'm so thankful that Kathy Lee Gifford and Rabbi Jason Sobel have written this book, The God of the Way, because um, it reveals the Jewishness of Jesus. But but even more than that, it reveals truths about God and what he was doing as he sent his son Jesus here to earth um, and what it means for our lives and what it means for the kind of life we can have while we live on this earth and the kind of life we can anticipate in the future when we're part of that new creation, resurrected world, um, you know, which we often refer to as heaven. So I'm really excited about this conversation. I hope you are too. There are insights that Rabbi Jason Sobel, who's a Messianic rabbi, gives that are just really incredible. And actually, interestingly enough, Kathy Lee Gifford um, is half Jewish. And I think she doesn't talk about that a lot, but she is, you know, a multi Emmy award-winning, um, communicator. She's a film producer and author. Um, Rabbi Jason Sobel is also a best-selling author and a great, uh, leader in the Christian community and in the Messianic Jewish community. I am just thrilled to have this conversation with them and I cannot wait, um, for you to be part of that. So stay with us. We're going to get to that conversation together in just a moment. Emmy award-winning television host, actress, writer, singer, and director Kathy Lee Gifford and author, speaker, teacher, Rabbi Jason Sobel join us now to talk about their exciting new book, The God of the Way, a journey into the stories, people, and faith that changed the world forever. Welcome to 100 Huntley Street, Kathy Lee and Rabbi Sobel. Thank you so much, Lauren. Shalom. Great to be shalom, with you. Shalom. It's our pleasure. You know, Kathy Lee, early on in your faith journey of following Jesus, you made sure that you visited the Holy Land and took part in uh, incredible studies, with, rabbinic studies, focused on the Jewish history uh, of the New Testament and the Hebrew Scriptures. Now you've written this book, and it's because you want to help people see Jesus through the eyes of Jewish history and faith. Why is this so important to you? Oh, lots of reasons. First of all, I'm Jewish, uh, and uh, and I've always understood that uh, the origins of the Christian faith are in the jo- Judeo, the Jewish faith, for sure. I mean, Jesus was a Jew, and uh, every one of his first followers were Jewish. His mother was a Jew. His his earthly father Joseph was Jewish. Uh, it was a all Jewish story for a very, very long time until, by the grace of God, the Gentiles were were grafted into the, the branch of Judah. So uh, I've always been very frustrated by the Western Christianity's inability to comprehend mm. that this is a Jewish story. It's one story from beginning all the way to the end of Revelation. It's a story. It, we should have never broken it up into two two different what they call testaments. And if we did, Rab and I have often talked, it should be called the, the first, the, um, um, uh, what, what, Rabbi, help me. If well, the first, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the problem with what, with the way it's named is that in our culture, old implies outdated. And new implies, right, yeah, you know, and, and you know, and new implies better. And really, you know, it's one story and you can't understand the fullness unless you understand uh, how the two connect. And, you know, we want people to see the Bible in high definition. Uh, we want to see people be able to see how the old and the new connect, kind of have that road to Emmaus experience where Jesus opened up everything in the Hebrew scriptures and showed how it all pointed to him and their hearts burned within them. And I think that's the passion both with the book and with the uh, movie Kathy uh, has done. Yeah, the, the word is covenant because uh, the story 
Um, we show this in the film beautifully. I think that God made a covenant with Abram, mm. who became Abraham later. And Rabbi goes on in the book about how changing one letter in in Abraham and Sarah's name changed the course of history because the letter is Hey, right, Rabbi? Yep. And it's the letter H, basically, which means uh, breath. God breathed. He breathed on Abram. He breathed on Sarah and they became new creatures. And God is still breathing on all of us today in brand new ways. He never changes. And in fact, the the couple that play Abraham and Sarah in my film, The Way, uh, were, were infertile. They were having horrendous struggles with infertility. And after we came back from shooting in Utah, they called me with the wonderful news and said, just like Abraham and Sarah, we're pregnant. <laughs> and uh, it was a, it was a miracle. I said, that is God showing us that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He sees, like in one of our oratorios, the God who sees, he sees our needs. He sees our brokenness in the desert. And uh, he, he will hear our cries in the desert and answer us. So I was I was making this film all over the world and it dawned on me, oh my gosh, this has got to have a study guide uh, book to go with it because mm-hmm. you can only t- tell so much through through music. Mm-hmm. You can entertain, you can in, you can you can move, you can inspire, but it's not until you delve into the word of God and nobody does that better than Rabbi mm-hmm. do, does it all make as he says sense. The whole mm-hmm. thing makes such perfect sense. The word of the Lord is flawless, it's perfect. Even mathematically, right? Rabbi Absolutely. And I think, you know, we see the story with Abraham and Sarah, just like God breathed upon them, God still breathes upon people and he wants to take us from barrenness to birthing. There's things that God has placed within us that he wants us to birth into existence. And it doesn't matter how impossible it seems like we see with the story of Abraham and Sarah, you know, God can do a new thing in our lives. And, you know, we believe this book is going to be a great inspiration and great uh, blessing to people to give them a sense of uh, a new hope. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so excited about the book, The God of the Way, but Kathy Lee, as you've mentioned, the film that actually has inspired the book, which is a study guide, The Way, is is such an interesting film. It's You've got uh, an oratory, you've got music, you, you've, you've done the directing on it and, and writing it. Um, one of the things as you guys talk about Abraham and Sarah, and I picked up on this in the book, um, is sojourning faith. And it really hit me that we are called to live out this journey of sojourning faith. And uh, Rabbi, would you talk a bit more about that for us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Abraham and Sarah are the mothers and fathers of the faith, and they are the example to us and a testimony to us of what we can become and what God can do in us and through us. And there's the sojourning faith, which is really a pioneering type of faith. And we need to ask ourselves a question of when will our faith rise to the level of Abraham and Sarah? And there was a few keys with developing this pioneering sojourning faith, which is, you know, Abraham was willing to move forward without all the details. God just said, go. He didn't know where he was to go, but he just knew he had to go. And he didn't have all the details. So many times we don't know exactly how it's all going to work out, but we have to trust God uh, to move forward uh, 
in faith. And it's interesting because the call of Abraham begins with these words in Hebrew, lech lecha, which means therefore go. And Abraham goes through 10 tests. The first test was leave everything. God was saying to Abraham, will you trust me with your past? The last test was offering Isaac. And he begins with those same words. And God's saying, will you give me your future? Will you trust me with Isaac, the son of promise? And he puts him on that altar. And ultimately, you know, as he's about to sacrifice him, God says, look up. And so sojourning faith doesn't look back. It doesn't live in the past. So many times we're looking for where we come from, trying to live off of yesterday's mana. Or so many times we're, we're stuck looking at the present situation and circumstances. But it says in Genesis 22, Abraham lifted his eyes. And what we need to do is lift our eyes to the Lord. We need to look up, not back, not around, but we need to look to him. Amen. And those are those insights, Rabbi Sobel, that you have throughout this book. It's, Kathy, part of why it was so important for you to create the film The Way as well as The God of the Way, the book, because it gives us this Jewish context, the, the reality of the Hebrew language, the difference it makes as we have these insights. Rabbi Sobel, I loved reading the book for these incredible insights. And, you know, Kathy, as, you know, I read the um, the book, The God of the Way, as I'm reading the Bible, is something that's constantly coming out is this theme of waiting, Waiting is a very yeah. real, real reality uh, for all of us. Part of it. Every yes. faith journey, every single person you talk to, whether they're 12 or 112, will say that waiting's the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and 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 even in the story of Abraham and Sarah, Sarah didn't wait well, and I don't blame her. You know, she she was you know eight, was it 80 years old uh, when they got the call. Uh, Rabbi, and then 90 when she gave birth. Is it something like that around there? And, yeah. and, and Abraham was, and she, she, she got frustrated and impatient and took uh, Hagar, her handmaiden, and put her in the arms of her husband and, and said, give me, a, give me an heir, basically. And, uh, you know, we, how many times have we in our own waiting, but yeah. sometimes just uh, agony of waiting on God's promises to come true, have decided that we know better than God. And maybe we'll just help them along with it a little bit and look at the crisis. It's like the it's like the real housewives of the Old Testament now. You know, all of a sudden it, there's there's drama in the in the in the Negev. There's drama in the house place. You know, there's 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 marital drama. You know, every time we disobey. God, who only wants to bless us, mm -hmm. his, his commandments to us are, are blessings, really, aren't they, Rabbi? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every problem contains a promise. And those who wait upon the Lord will never be left wanting. And I think that's, you know, part of what we learn in the story of Sarah, what we see in the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She embodies this waiting and this long suffering, this patience. And it's funny on a personal level, uh, I got married to my wife when, when she was later in age and she was, you know, prayed for years, God, am I going to find my husband? She is a well-known worship leader from Australia. And God spoke to her one word, long-suffering, which gave her hope, right? Have patience, be long-suffering. And then we get we get married. She tells me this whole story. I said, you know, my name in Hebrew means long-suffering. <laughs> I mean, God literally fulfilled that promise. And it's it is, God it's is faithful humor. to his word, right? He's, he's faithful to his word. We can, you know, we can know for certain that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. Mm, indeed. I love that story. I love that story too. And, you know, as we think about suffering and long suffering, um, you know, 
Interesting, Rabbi Sobel, a lot of your family members, extended family members, um, perished in the Holocaust, and you have witnessed and experienced great suffering. Your family has. You know what it is to suffer and experience long suffering. But in the book, in the face of suffering, you write about the God who sees. And for those at home right now who may be suffering, can you tell them a bit about the God who sees? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of our greatest needs is to be seen and known. And it's nothing more life-changing than to be seen and known by God, whether that's Hagar or whether that's the Samaritan woman or whether that's God showing up to Moses in the midst of the burning bush, because in Hebrew, it doesn't say bush, it says thorn bush. And thorn bush is symbolic of suffering and pain and exile and of the slavery the children of Israel were experiencing in Egypt. And God shows up in the burning thorn bush because he says to the children of Israel, I feel your pain. And Jesus is on the cross and he has the crown of thorns upon his head. Why? Because he says, I'm going to take your pain upon myself. I'm not going to ask you to go through anything that I myself wasn't willing to go through. And so he not only sees our pain, he's experienced pain. He can identify with us and he will be there with us in the midst of it. And he will bring us through because that's how much he cares for us. God is not oblivious. He sees and he knows, and he'll be with you and take you by the hand and bring you out. Yeah. Oh, such a word of encouragement. Uh, you know, the world needs that more than ever now. After the last two years, there has been so much struggle and suffering. And, you know, I think, Kathy Lee, the movie you've created, the film, The Way, as well as this book, The God of the Way, is going to bring people um, a lot of encouragement as well as uh, faith because I think right now the world needs faith more than ever because there is so much fear rampant. And a theme throughout the book is this concept of faith over fear. Kathy Lee, uh, could you share more about this concept for the person who finds himself fighting today uh, with a lot of fear? Yeah, I've never seen uh, people as, as fearful as they are now. Mm. The uh, the unknown, the uh, everything is unsettled. There's a there's a there's a sense of chaos in the world where God had always projected that uh, we would be born in a garden and into the and, and into the His beautiful shalom, and um, and and it's we've gotten so far away from it. And and there are more admonitions from what I understand in the Bible about fear than anything else because God knew that that we would have fear. And he wanted us to, he wanted to just convince us and comfort us that as long as we have him, there is no need to fear. And as long as we are following our shepherd, the shepherd know their, 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 uh, the shepherd knows his sheep and the sheep know their shepherd's voice. And if, when we follow him and we stay close to him, they're not afraid because the, the, the shepherd's the one knows where the, where all the dangers are. And, uh, I, you know, it's just, it's, I, I'm just older and older I get and the longer I walk with the Lord. It's funny. Some things just get simpler to me, mm. simpler. It's like, stay on your path. You're at the path of righteousness that they talks about in Psalm 23, or the actual paths that you can see in the Judean wilderness in the, in the evening time when the sun is just setting, because it looks like barren, just barrenness, right, Rabbi? And, and yet at a certain time of the day, the sun will glint and you'll see boom, 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 all over the hillsides and it glistens and it's green and it glistens. And those are the paths of righteousness that you can see the ribbons through the hills, but the, but the, but the, the green pastures are those little, little, just what the sheep need for that day. And only the shepherd knows where they are. 
And I think that's a great point because in like we talk about in the book, we talk about how the Hebrew word for fear is also connected to the Hebrew word for fish, dog in Hebrew. And in John 21, we talk about how the disciples were fishing all night and they caught no fish. And the reason why their nets were left empty is because they were fishing from a place of fear and anxiety. They had uh, Peter had denied the Lord and he was fearful. What is my role? I blew it. What's going to happen to us? We live from a place of fear. Our nets are going to be left empty. But Jesus says, cast the net again. Yeshua says, cast the net again. And they pull in this great catch of fish. And God wants us to move from fear to faith. And I think one of the ways we move from fear to faith is that if the kingdom of heaven, the, if the currency of heaven is faith, then the currency of the world is fear. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, lies feed fear. So we have to not believe the lies that the world is telling us. We have to place our faith in the promises of God and who he says we are and what he says we're what what we're going what we're capable of doing. And when we choose to believe the truth and the promises of God and the word of God, then we can move from fear to faith and see God fill our lives and fill our nets. Mm, So good. Amen, indeed. Um, You know, Rabbi, you are a very learned man. You have studied the Hebrew scriptures extensively. You continue to study the New Testament. Um, As you look at the grand narrative of the Bible, what would that grand narrative be and what role do we have in it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the key messages that I think we have to understand that the Bible wants to communicate to this day is hope. Mm. And, you know, the Hebrew, we talk about in the book, the Hebrew word for hope is tikva. And it comes from the word to, the root of the word is to stretch or to strengthen. Mm. And God is stretching us in order to strengthen us. Mm -hmm. He wants to strengthen our faith. He wants to strengthen our hope. And actually the word for hope in the Bible is the same word for rope. Because hope is a rope that pulls us out of our past and into God's promise for our future. And the ultimate hope is the blessed hope. It's the return of the Lord. It's the return of the Messiah. It's that he gave his life for us. He died and rose again, and he's going to return. And we don't have to fear the craziness of what's going on in the world. We don't have to fear when everything else in the world goes into chaos and crumbles. It just means we're coming closer to the return of the Lord. And hope is the belief that our future is going to be better than our past. And that's the promise we have in the Lord. Your future is going to be better than your past. That's the message of redemption. Oh, I love that. So encouraging. Kathy Lee, this is the message. This is the story you have worked so hard to capture in your film, The Way. And uh, this incredible book, The God of the Way, is an incredible study guide to this film. But Kathy Lee, could you tell us a little bit more about the film, some of the details of it, uh, and as well as what it was like to direct it? Well, I love directing now. I mean, I've given up so many things that I've written in the past to other people that I felt like knew better than I did uh, how to bring it to the forefront. And I don't believe that anymore. I believe now in my own ability to to bring my baby to m- maturity, mm. you know. And uh, and so this is the first time I did it when I when I took um, sweet, beautiful Nicole C. Mellon to Israel for the first oratorio, The God Who Sees. And I'd never directed before. And I, I remember standing at Mount Arbel with her and she's just singing her brains out on top and she's magnificent to shoot. And my cinematographer is just amazing. And the Lord spoke very clearly to me, said, Kathy, uh, now you will understand all the years 
that you sat on a little stage, that you opened your mouth and pretended with the microphone, that you went on sets, that you did this, that you wrote that, all the years and decades and decades and decades were preparation for this moment in your life. This is what you're going to do. Oh, for the rest of your life, you're going to, uh, first of all, someone's going to answer my phone, which is great. And uh, for, sorry about that. And you are going to um, find these, the rest of these epic, magnificent stories in the Bible, bring them to life in a way that's never been done before. They're called oratorios and that shouldn't scare people. It's not like listening to an opera. It's music. It's, it's narration and music set to it. It's, it's like Ch uh, Tchaikovsky's Peter and the Wolf. It's, it's somebody helping you along to understand the story and then people sing about it. And it was it was just easy for me in the sense that I have a, a theater background. I've been writing for Broadway and off-Broadway for most of my life. And it just comes naturally to me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sit down and write a hit song for anything, but I can sit down and write a musical. It's so crazy. It's just a different way you're wired, you know? Mm -hmm. So the Lord just said, now start doing you don't have to go to work in the morning the same way. You don't have to get in a car and commute to New York City anymore. You don't have to, you don't have to uh, uh, listen to some producer tell you what you're going to talk about that day. No, you can make every single day. You and I together, Kathy, can decide what we're going to do together today. Mm -hmm. So it's it's an empowering thing for me, I, a totally empowering thing. And I'm just so grateful to God for the gift of it. Mm -hmm. So we have the most amazing cast. A lot of people you'll recognize, some you won't playing everybody from Abraham and Sarah. We've got the amazing, all the way to Moses and 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 uh, and uh, Joshua and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the, uh, as, as Rabbi was saying, the uh, Samaritan woman. And you'll, 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 a lot of people will be familiar to you. But what, what the common thread of the whole thing is that ever since God did create us in his image, and he longed for us to have community and 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 um and shalom with, with share his shalom. It has been his desire to bring all of his children home to Bet Av, which means the father's house. And, and that's the story of how he keeps reaching out to those he has created who are lost, just like the shepherd does. In fact, the we have a modern day retelling of the um prodigal son that I shot just about a mile from here in, in Tennessee. I've got the incredible Claude Kelly uh, from, from the, uh, who helped me write the song uh, along with uh, Chuck, his partner. We wrote the God of the, uh, the God of the other side, but in it, we tell the story of the, of the uh, prodigal son and BB Winans plays the father and he's unbelievable, of course. And the amazing Jimmy Allen plays the prodigal son. And I'm, I'm out there last January in the bitter, bitter cold. And I'm, I'm so happy. I mean, I'm Jewish, but I was a pig in mud. <laughs> you know, you know, pigs are not kosher, but <laughs> I do have a piggish side sometimes. Anyway, and I just think what a glorious privilege it is to tell these amazing stories in a way that's brand new. And I'm hoping to present these stories that way. A lot of people are not reading the Bible. They don't even believe the Bible ever really happened. It's not true. It's a waste of time. They have no faith in it. They think it's, you know, propaganda, I, whatever they think, whatever they think, they're wrong. They got the right to think it, but they, they're wrong. And if they think it's boring, they're really wrong. They've never read the Bible. So I wanted to bring it to life again. And I think that's the power of, yeah, I think that's the power of the oratorio. It goes with beautiful cinematography and this incredible music. And then things with the book, right? We go into the story of the prodigal son and we talk about how 
talking about the pig. Well, the prodigal has his awakening in the pig pen. And the Hebrew word for pig is hazir. And it also comes from the Hebrew word to return. And what's so interesting is that the pig is the most unkosher animal because it has the outward sign of being kosher, which is the clothing hooves, but it lacks the internal sign of being kosher, which is it chews its cud. So it's the ultimate hypocrite, looks good on the outside, but is unclean on the inside. But the rabbis say, because the word pig comes from Hebrew, comes from the word to return, that in the kingdom of God, God is going to transform pigs and they're going to be kosher once again in, in, in the messianic kingdom. And so there's a promise for the pig. If a pig, which is the most unclean animal, is going to return and be transformed by God and become kosher and clean again, then how much more the prodigal made in the image of God can he be transformed, washed clean of his past, and redeemed if only he'll return home? And so he has his epiphany in the pig pen, and that's a deeper reason, and that's the type of stuff we get in in the book. So it's a powerful one-two punch. <laughs> Certainly. Is. It really is. <laughs> the film and the book, it is a powerful one-two punch, and it is insights like that uh, that helps all of us grow in our faith. Kathy Lee and Rabbi Sobel, we are so thankful for the fresh perspective and understanding you were bringing to the Bible, and we're so thankful you were with us today. Thank you so much. Just to let everybody know, the book is available for pre-sale, but it, it comes out on the 30th of August, and the movie is in a Fathom event in theaters around the, the country. I'm, maybe in Canada, I'm not sure. But, um, and and, uh, and then it's gonna be available on DVD, DVD and also uh, streaming afterwards. So if you miss it in the theaters, you'll get a chance to see it, but see it on a big screen. Yes. It'll be sound. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we will. Thank you for having us, Laura. God bless yes, you. God blessings. Bless you shalom, shalom, shalom. Bye, Rabbi. Shalom, bye. Wow, what a pleasure and a blessing that was to talk with Kathy Lee Gifford and Rabbi Jason Sobel about their book, The God of the Way, a journey into the stories of people and faith that changed the world forever. Kathy has so many interesting insights and so much passion, um, and Rabbi Jason Sobel as well. You know, his scholarship really is one of a kind. I have to tell you that, you know, I've done two degrees in theology now, and I've studied theology for eight years and, you know, studied under all different theologians. And, and as I listen to what he has to say, as I've read parts of this book, I am amazed. You know, some of the points that they make in that conversation, when God breathes on us, we become something different. Like, what does that even mean, right? But we know as followers of Jesus that when we experience Jesus and we truly say, Jesus, you know, I surrender my will. I surrender my life. Forgive me for the things I've done wrong. Help me to follow you. He breathes on us. And it's actually God's Holy Spirit that, you know, comes into us. And we understand what it means to live a different reality and become something different out of that. But when you look at what Rabbi Jason Sobel is saying that, you know, Abraham and Sarai, who become Abraham and Sarah, you know, God breathes on them, essentially. God changes them. It's so interesting to reflect on that, that it's a concept that's in the Old Testament, but it's so present in the New Testament. And, you know, it's a really neat idea to think about, you know, God is the God who changes us you know, as we encounter him, as he breathes new life into us. And, and for us, those of us who follow Jesus and read the New Testament, we know that's God's Holy Spirit. 
And that's available to us all the time. You know, God's Holy Spirit is here to be the comforter, the Bible says. So here to breathe new life into us, into our minds, our hearts, our wills, our emotions, our relationships, the things we're doing at all times, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as we sojourn in this world, which we know isn't easy. You know, Jesus said in the New Testament, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And you know, that speaks to what Kathy Lee Gifford and Rabbi Jason Sobel were also talking about. They were saying that this world feels like a world full of chaos for people and um, so much fear. And if you think about things like, you know, mass genocide, like the Holocaust, you think about what the Jewish people have even experienced. And then, and then I could just list all of the things that, you know, people experience in this world that are chaotic and would cause us to fear. You think about the idea that God is calling us to faith over fear, that God is calling us to experience order in the midst of chaos. And, you know, that invitation comes from Jesus. It comes from this Messiah coming to the earth in the New Testament and saying, let me take on your burdens and your sin. Let me take on the chaos and the suffering and the fears of this world. And let me promise you something, this hope of eternal life an eternal promise and my spirit, my Holy Spirit now that will be here with you to comfort you until one day you are fully born again in the heavens and in the heavenly realm. You know, one of the verses I love that Jesus shares is John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give it to you. So let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, Jesus is offering peace that goes beyond understanding. It is a supernatural peace because when our hope is anchored to the work of the cross and the promise of the resurrection, no matter what we experience in this world, we are able to see the justice of God on the cross. We are able to see a writing of things. We're able to see that God can work all things together for good as we're promised resurrection and redemption. And this world is restored into like the heavenly world that we are promised. And maybe you're sitting there now and you're like, I, I don't know what that promise is. I don't know about the heaven you're talking about. I don't know about the promises Jesus made or what happened on the cross or, or any of that. But you know what? Peace. That idea of peace sounds good to me. You know, that's what God wants in your heart, in your mind. He wants you to have peace. And maybe you do know everything about the story of Jesus. Maybe you understand the Bible. Maybe you've read it. You're a follower of Jesus for years. But you have no peace right now. God wants you to experience his supernatural peace. And if I could, could we just come together in prayer? Could I pray for you right now that you would experience God's peace? in your heart, in your mind. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my dear friend listening right now on the other side. God, you are the God who sees them. You see them right where they are. You see what's happened to them. You see what they're going through. You see what they're thinking and they're feeling. And in the midst of all of it, you say, I love you and peace be still. God, would you fill the room that they're sitting in with your supernatural peace, peace that can't be explained by human hands, human minds, human words. 
supernatural peace, God, from the heavenly realms. And God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would enter that room, that they would feel comforted and feel your presence. God, I thank you. I thank you for them so much. I ask God that they would feel your love deep in their heart and their mind, that they would learn about this hope of of heaven and what Jesus promises, and it would come out, God, in their thinking and their words, their actions, in their day-to-day. Lord, it just takes a small seed, and God, we ask that you would sow this seed now, and there would be um, just an incredible growth of hope, a growth of love and a growth of peace in their lives and their minds. And I thank you for these things in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I'm so thankful that you are listening in today. And there was so much to unpack here. (laughs) My own personal history of experiencing the Jewish culture and, you know, what it means to be a follower of Jesus if you're Jewish, uh, what the Jewishness of Jesus means. And then beyond all that, what does it mean that there's a God who sees us? There's a God who wants to bring calm and peace to the chaos and fear we experience in this world. There's a God who's promised his spirit to be with us, his Holy Spirit. What does all that mean? You know, it means so many good things. It means new possibility. It means new purpose. It also means strength and hope and steadfastness. And you know, if any of that sounds good to you, I just want to encourage you to call our prayer lines, call 1-866-273-4444. I'm going to say the number again, 1-866-273-4444. And there will be someone there to pray with you right now or tonight or tomorrow, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can talk about what you're going through. You can confide in them. And they will speak to you words connected to the Bible. They maybe will read some Bible verses to you. And they will pray with you. They will lift your concerns to God and they will help you experience God in a new and profound way in your life, no matter what your background, what religion, what experiences, what has happened to you, what you've done. The God of the way is calling you to go his way because that is the way of life. I pray that you would answer that call today. And um, If you want to do that again, call our prayer lines, 1-866-273-4444. Well, thank you so much for listening, for being on this journey together. And until next time, God bless you, God loves you, and we do too. Talk to you soon. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.